yep. clear on any of them? Yeah, we're, we're relatively clear. Obviously, we'll announce our, our team later tonight. But um, yeah, we've had to make a few decisions, um, which is you know a good thing. Uh, we've got some we've got some depth, and we've got some guys challenge, challenging for spots. Yeah, it's just a matter of weighing up. Uh, he's played the one game in the sample and he, he performed really strongly, which is great. Um, weighing up, the bringing him back in um, versus maybe giving him another look for another week to, to build. Um, so we're looking at that both from a short and a long-term viewpoint, what's going to be ultimately his interest and, and our interest um, in both those phases. How did he go this morning? What's that? How did he go this morning out on the track? Oh, he's fine. He's fine. Is it harder to make changes following a bite? Uh, not necessarily hard. I mean, it's probably following. We, we look obviously back to the last performance, um, and you assess how the team's going. I mean, obviously the team had a really strong win before the break, um, and they're playing in good form, and guys are in good form. Therefore, it's harder to make changes. So, in terms of a coach, would you prefer your players to have consistent runs? Therefore, it's easy to bring players back in after a long spell on the side. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, it's, but the the buy is the buy. I mean, the, the fixture's the fixture. We knew that at the start of the year. So, and look, it came in a good time for our guys, probably more mentally than physically. Um, the challenge is coming out of the bye to make sure that we come out and jump straight back into the sort of the footy we're playing uh, before the break. So if Mitch was on the track this morning training with the team, that's what he'll be playing tomorrow night? Uh, I didn't say he was on the track training with the team, but that's right. Oh, I, sorry, I, said, he was on the I said he's fine. Yeah. Oh, OK. You said he was on the track? No, I got asked whether he was... Uh, whether, I don't remember the question, whether he trained, but I said he's actually fine. Oh, OK. But you yeah. didn't say whether he trained this morning? No, I didn't. Oh, OK. <laughs> <laughs> John, in terms of Hawthorne, uh, the time when it was pretty easy to know what you're up against Hawthorne, we all knew what their trademark mm. was, what they stood for, what players they is it, is it hard to get a read on this time around? Uh, look, it's, it's probably, they're, they're coming off a break as well, and, and as every side does, they sort of assess their season and they assess the things they're doing well and the things they're working on, so, you know, we may expect they'd do something slightly different coming off their first 12 games review. Um, and we've also got to prepare for that. We also prepare for, you know, with the likelihood that they're going to bring back, you know, Bruce, Birchall and, and Hodge bring out some high quality. Um, and we know they're very capable. I mean, the, the, as I said um, yesterday in a, in, a, in a discussion with some press, it was, you know, the, the comp's so even. I mean, they're, they're at four and eight and they're sitting 17th, but they're really two games out of the eight. Um, and they've played really well, beat Sydney about three weeks ago with six goals up against Collingwood. Um, came home, storming home last week against the Gold Coast. So um, we know their best is very good and we prepare for that. When did you win out of that round two game with the MCG against Yeah, well, look, it was a fair while ago now. Um, you know, pleasing part was we had a poor start. Um, but then after that, I thought we sort of got the game played how we wanted to. And I thought, you know, towards the end, some of our, uh, some of our contest work and our ball movement was, was strong. So, um, yeah, tomorrow will be a different game. In terms of the, um, the failure worked out yesterday, uh, Jake Lieber's openly said that he'd wait for that to be finalised before doing his deal. Yep. Now that it's there, do you expect him and McGovern to, to work out what they're doing? Well, it certainly clears the, clears the way for it. The uncertainty's been removed, and you know, I think the, the result of the CBA, I haven't gone into it in detail, but from what I can gather, both parties seem fairly happy with the outcome. Um, it's a positive for the players, a positive for the league, and from our viewpoint, from a list management viewpoint, it just gives us that, that certainty. We know now what we're dealing with. Um, and both those guys, as I've said previously, have indicated a really strong desire to stay, so we'll keep working with them to, to try and finalise something. Is it a relief from your point of view that it's been finally done? Oh, I think for the whole industry it was something that was just sort of hanging out there, so it's, uh, it's been in the wings for a while. Um, I think it's great because it gives that, just gives that clarity and certainty going forward. Did you ever fear that anything might escalate from 
that sort of thing? No, I don't think so. I don't think it was going to be in anyone's interest, to be honest. So I was, I mean, it's obviously great they were able to reach a, a compromise and a, and a good outcome for both parties. The clubs might have a fair bit more cash to spend. Do you think that'll be spread across the list or will you go out and chase the star? Oh, it'll be spread. I mean, we've got some guys who are performing and playing good footy and you know, they'll get rewarded accordingly. I mean, this is a, it's a fairly simple model in my eyes. You, you operate on the basis of you rewarding guys for performance and you know, we've got some guys who are performing well and, and they'll get paid well and it's off a, there's a bigger, bigger pie, if you like, um, and you know, the players have earned that and, and they'll get rewarded uh, accordingly. John, you talked about mid-season, good time for clubs to sit back, reflect, look, see what comes next. So what have you put in your mind towards the players from what comes out of the first 12 weeks and what comes out of the next 10? Yeah, look, it is a great opportunity to do that. And in our case, it was a, the reflection is on some positive things that we've done really well um, and some of the growth in some of the areas I've previously spoken about, which have, you know, credit to the players and the work they've done. Um, but we also sit with one eye on the future, understanding that we're you know, in a position now um, to continue to win games of footy and give ourselves the, you know, the, the best chance to participate in finals and, and play. So uh, we want to we keep building. Um, and so therefore it's, yeah, it's, a, it's a moment of we look back and say, yep, it's done some good work, but yeah, we're not satisfied. So you improved contested footing, yep. which was indicated in the pre-season. Is there a set of things you think you have to still improve on? Well, there are. There's always things we want to improve on, yeah. Yeah, I mean, in terms of the specifics of them, that's probably between me and the playing group in terms of how we how we go about it. I mean, I've, I've been on record of saying the contest stuff. We can we got to continue building in that in that space um, because the reality is in this comp, if we stand still, people go past us in a heartbeat, and, and we can't afford to stand still. So we've got to continually a recognise what we're doing well and continue to bring that, but also look and say, well, how can we how can we keep getting better? Um, and that's what all teams do. All one, teams should do. One of your challenges is Rory Slane and how. To Handled yep. him from here. What have you thought about in the past fortnight about how to handle him and yeah. how's he handling it? Well, he's handling it well, and he's a, he's a he's a professional. And he's a he's a he's a great player. Um, yeah, there's there's some options for Rory there, um, but I think that he'll work his way through it, and I'll back him in to do that. Before the season starts, it's all about making the finals. But now sitting on top, nine and three, ten games to go. Have the goalposts shifted? What's no. your aim now? Still about making the finals. Because the reality is, you know, we can't make the finals until we win enough games to qualify. And history says that's 12. So, you know, we've got to we get to that mark. At that which point, then we'll we'll look at what it looks like after that. But how important is it to get the double chance come September? Oh, history, apart from last year, history would say that gives you the best chance of of competing deep into the final series. But yeah, you know, we're we're sort of one step at a time. The reality is, you can't get to 12 to get to 10, and that's our chance tomorrow night. What's the latest with uh, Luke Brown's cheekbone? Is that completely healed? Yeah, that's settled down really well, so he's, he's available for selection, yeah. Don, you've had a lot of injuries throughout the year, but finally your injury list is fairly small. Are you close to having your best team out there on the park? Well, we're working towards it. I mean, it's, it's but probably provided some great opportunity too, so we've been able to you know, get some more games into Wayne Miller, we've got John O'Beach and uh, Huey Greenwood who played as well. So um, we've got some guys coming back in the sample who probably played a fair bit of AFL footy last year. Um, just creates great great pressure for spots, which means guys can't afford to, to rest. They've got to keep striving to get better, otherwise they might find themselves out of the team. So it's caused you almost happy headaches in the end? Yeah, well, it's, it's, it, it creates difficulty at the, at the match committee, um, but that's what you want. You want to have that pressure building so people understand that you know, they've, got to, they've got to perform at a high level both at AFL and at Sandville, um, and then you know, really the side sort of falls out from there. Where is Andy Alton's best position on the field? 
That's a good question. He's sort of played a bit of both. Um, some of his work down forward early in the year was very good, but you know he started the season until Josh got injured as a back. Um, I think the thing that we're finding with Andy is he provides us that flexibility now. I mean, he's even obviously played in the ruck as well. So, um, again, when you're selecting sides, you want to have that flexibility of, and options. Um, and Andy's now got that in his game because he's proven that he can play back and forward and in the ruck. So um, that certainly doesn't that, that helps him at that match committee because we've got you know if we lose a tall back uh, or a tall forward, we know that we can swing Andy from one end to the other. He doesn't get talked about much because the other blokes are going to be very anxious at the end of the year or trade yeah. targets, but. I suppose, given the glowing praise that you give him on an almost weekly basis, he's yeah. someone that you'd be pretty keen to keep around. Yeah, look, and that, those conversations have sort of started, and, and we'll continue those discussions with Andy. I mean, he was, you know, it's been a been a real breakout year for him based on his his previous two. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll cover that in the course of time. Well, just to go back to his start, it's nine and three. What should we made of a nine and three start? Uh, so I'm not sure what your question well, is. Nine and three. Suggests you should be a top four finisher. Is, is that that should be the benchmark for Adelaide? Sure. If if we continue to perform the way we performed, um, I think last year there was North Melbourne nine and zero, and things changed pretty quickly. And yeah, you know, this is why this industry is tough, because things do change. Um, you know, it can change through form, injury, um, whatever. So um, as I said, from my my challenge is to go. We've got to have one eye on what's happening. You know, where, we're, where we're headed, but also one eye clearly on you know, what's straight ahead of us, and that's Hawthorne tomorrow night. But 9-3 not turning into a top four finish would be a wasted opportunity, sure. Possibly. Um, just to clarify earlier, um, did or did not um, did Mitch Govan train? Nah, well, <laughs> did or did not did Mitch Govan train? Did he train? Um, again, I can answer the question by being. Uh, he may have trained, whether he trained with us or he trained elsewhere is another issue, but he's trained, he's fully fit and he's available for selection. Yeah. What about Paul Seeds? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, have another run in the sample. He's, he's missed too much footy, so he's, uh, it was great to get him back. He pulled up really well um, and he played well as well, so he's, he, needs, he needs at least one more, probably a couple more to be honest, to build back to AFL level. The podcast Faith on Trial looks into Hillsong, both in Australia and the U.S., and takes both the listener and hosts on unexpected twists and turns in the story of Brian Houston and the singing preachers. There are two incidents involving Pastor Brian. The Australian journalists uncovered a litany of alleged criminal behavior in the megachurch. Financial gifts were being given to the leaders of the church. Listen to Faith on Trial Hillsong ad-free on Crimex Plus on Apple Podcasts today or wherever you get your podcasts.